Lions fans. It's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where Kool-Aid runs blue, faces turn red, and rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions podcast. Your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. And now, two guys who run a four-minute 40. Chris and Case. Hey, howdy ho, Lions fans. Welcome to the Detroit Lions podcast, episode 293. This is the official Detroit Lions podcast for Reddit. I am your dashing, hatless host today. Chris, with me are my good friends and co-hosts, T.O., Tony Ortiz, and Jeff, the Riz Risden. How are you guys doing today? Doing Very good. good. Yeah. Did that, that bye week help you out? You guys feeling well-rested, ready for another solid, what is it, 12 weeks of football? Unending. Well, let's just hope it goes 12 weeks uninterrupted. That's all I <laughs> yeah. care about at this point. Pretty much. Were you able to adopt a second team in your time off? <laughs> <laughs> there are a lot of new you know, teams out there. <laughs> so it was, a, it was a good weekend for me because both the Texans and the Browns won, and those are the AFC teams that I have some rooting interest in. So mm-hmm. uh, it was a good day. Good, good. Not so much for me. I grew up in Buffalo, was born in Buffalo, so I'm a Bills fan along with the Lions fans. So, unfortunately, the Bills got, uh, what's the phrase I'm looking for? Mm. Smoked yes. by the Titans. So, that was not fun to watch. I had a very dear friend who was a Bills diehard, and I don't know how he did it. He moved to Detroit in the 90s, and he, he adopted the Lions a little bit, but the Bills were always his team, and I'm, uh, I'm sorry, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got a lot to talk about. We've got a preview of the Jags game, and we're going to do an injury report, game predictions, a whole lot more. We've got a great show lined up. Riz, you ready to go, my brand? Oh, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> let's kick this off and break it down. All right, a couple of quick announcements. First, check us out and help us out on Patreon. Very special thanks to Dylan from Giggity. Wow! There you go. <laughs> of course, our, our very first donor, Mathis, Brian Brookheiser from I Prevail. Did you guys know I Prevail is going to come for an interview for, uh, during our St. Jude telethon? No. I'm trying to convince them to do an acoustic set. Nice. I, I, I'm really trying to get it. We'll see what we can do. They'll be there. A lot of people coming. Uh, but what we're talking about now is Patreon. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. The greatest way to support your show and get access to the most intelligent Lions chat on the internet and probably 99% of the bars you you habitat. Habitate. Habitate. <laughs> anyway, check out the Slack chat. <laughs> Once you become a donor on Patreon, as little as a dollar a month, you can donate as much as you want uh, to help the show. Helps get us to the Senior Bowl. Helps us do our training camp, training camp party, and all the other stuff. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions Podcast. Give us a like on Facebook. Facebook.com slash The Detroit Lions Podcast. On Instagram, Detroit Lions Podcast. And on the Twitter cheese. At D-E-T Lions Podcast, D-E-T Lions Podcast, the very best place to see the Riz. With no pants on. <laughs> we, we may not get Tony with no pants on, but we've caught him with something else on. <laughs> more, more, more to come on that. Oh, no. <laughs> Subscribe on YouTube. YouTube.com slash Detroit Lions Podcast. YouTube.com slash Detroit Lions Podcast. Also, Look up DLP clips. There's, it's in a, we have a playlist of all the clips. If you like the shorter version, you don't have time for the whole show. You get the most salient points at our DLP clips channel. Read us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, iHeart, Pandora. I think Amazon. I think all those crazy places we're on. Wherever you find us. Um, also, start watching your Echo Show. 
we were part of we were part of a pilot um but we're waiting for it to get picked up if amazon decides that they're going to pick this up we will be doing your weekly lions previews on your amazon show uh pretty cool video piece that they put together and uh we are your default lions contact at amazon how about that all right check that out give us a review five stars we love those five stars if you can't give us five stars do that little thing where you go into the subreddit and tell us why not because we want to fix it we want you to be part of our Love Festival. Give us a call via Skype, Detroit Lions Podcast, all one word, Detroit Lions Podcast, or call us on the Lions line at 929-33-LIONS, 929-335-4667. Leave a message. You get a chance to hear yourself on the show. Tighten your chin straps, kids. It's time to review This Week in Reddit. All right, it's time to talk about the fun and exciting things going down this week in Reddit. I got to tell you, um... It sometimes feels like that's a long opener, but we've tried to put the little messages throughout the show, and it really breaks up. People hate it. So thanks all for sticking through the the announcements and all that stuff. All right. Don't forget our post-game show right after the Lions game. Sandman back. We're doing that as we do every week. We'll do that again this Sunday. All right. Let's start off our preview, our game preview of the Detroit Lions and Jacksonville Jaguars. We've got two of the best Lions experts along, as usual, on Friday. So I'm going to do a little history, get everyone kind of in the groove. Get you feeling your 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 deep rivalry against the Jaguars. Um, serious history. We first met way back in 1995. Were you were you born yet, Tony? Uh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> we played each other six times in total. Last met in 2016. This isn't for show. <laughs> <laughs> Overall record is three and three with one loss in overtime, of course, for the Lions. Uh, we've yeah. played three games in each stadium. That means Tony's been to Jacksonville three times. <laughs> um, yeah. Matthew Stafford has thrown a TD against every team in the NFL except the Jags. That's thrown for a TD. He's had rushing touchdowns. Well, not him. But anyway, uh, he's met the, he has met the Jags three times. Lions have a two-win streak against the Jags right now. We've outscored them 154 to 131. And other than that, they're both cat teams. They're, they're logo. <laughs> it's the hot seat bowl. Two coaches is, that are squarely on the hot seat, Marone and Patricia. Yes. Uh, I did a guest on a, on a Jacksonville um, uh, YouTube show this week, and they are all about coaching, uh, firing coach, coaching, coaching, firing coach Marone. Well, I don't know what's wrong today, guys. My mouth is not working. I'm going to stop talking real quick and hand it off to you guys. Um, yeah, they're they're all about it. I think whoever loses this week could very well possibly be sent packing. Um, and it may be a Patricia gets a bus ticket home if they lose against the Jags, right? I mean, this is one that the Lions yeah, you know, have to it- take. It's one of those situations where both fan bases are looking at this game as like a sure win. Yeah. Like like Jacksonville is like bullishly confident in their team. Okay, we can't beat most teams, but we can beat Detroit. And I think Detroit <laughs> feels the same way. And somebody's gonna get let down. And that's uh that's where the crux of this game goes. Both both coaches are definitely on the hot seat. I don't think either will get fired like we after this Sunday. Right. But uh, uh, if if the Lions lose this one, then they drop to, God forbid, Atlanta the week after that. Uh, I don't know if Matt's finished out the season. Uh, and likewise with Jacksonville, if if they're if they lose this game badly and, and don't shape up quickly after that, because, I mean, they got a couple of really bad losses on their docket already. Uh, it's not going to go well for Doug Marone either. 
here's the crazy thing. Three years ago, the Jacksonville Jaguars, as my phone goes off, the three years ago, the Jacksonville Jaguars were in the AFC Championship game against the New England Patriots. They look like a team that was on the rise in the AFC. Three years later, they're back down at the bottom and likely going to start all over again this offseason. What a they were They were Saxonville, yeah. and now they have less sacks than the Lions do. <laughs> they get less pressure on the quarterback than the Lions on defense, and they've got two first-round edges, Caleb on Chase on and, and Josh Allen, and the Lions still get better sack, sack rate than they do. That's The, the, the fall-off from that, is, it, it, it can't be overstated, Tony, how, how awful their defense has become. And Riz, think about it. They had some great guys in that defense. Oh, they had Jalen Ramsey at one point. They had Yannick Ngakwe. They had some really stud Calais players. Campbell, man. Dante awesome. Fowler. They had guys who you thought they would be able to build around and become this hyper defense in the AFC. And it just all fell apart in three years, which is amazing. It, the 91 Lions didn't fall apart that fast. But yet here are the Jacksonville Jaguars. They just imploded in three years and that's one of the questions right i mean because three years ago they had a real shot right as you said they were playing they the did. new england patriots um <clears throat> what what do lions fan, fans want do they want that kind of shot out of the lions do you think and is that good enough or do you think that fans are more here for the long haul the long run i'm, I, I'm gonna let you guys answer it, but you guys in the chat if you want to hit it too as well let us know what you think that'd be be awesome i my personal take and 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 this comes from from you know someone who's also suffered in other sports i want i want that one shot i i'm okay with with a an nfc championship game in 2021 hopefully um that that would be i don't care then if they go four and 12 the next year because they had their shot you know they got their turn at bat they they won playoff game they they exercised a lot of demons in the process of doing that, and that's what I want. Uh, it, if you're there, you got a shot at winning it. If, if you're if you never get there, you know, for me, going going doing like what the Rams did, uh, or, or what what the Jaguars did, getting to the AFC Championship game, being competitive in it, being on the doorstep of the Super Bowl, um, and then you go back to being suck again. Um, that's better than being suck all the time or being mediocre for me. I would rather ride the roller coaster than, than have a straight straight shot. Yeah, I agree. And look, I think if you're a Lions fan right now, you want the Super Bowl. You want to be in that game. Even if you give up five years or three or four years and have losing records, you want to be in that Super Bowl. You want to have a chance to win that title, which is something I think 91, again, the last time the Lions had a legitimate shot at being a Super Bowl team. It's been 29 years, and I think Lions fans are tired. They want to have that shot like other teams have had. And if you look at the trajectory, you felt like you had a long-term sustainable build going through the Schwartz era. You brought Jim Caldwell, who was the guy who was going to take us to the next level, and did. I think both Schwartz and Caldwell were the right coaches at the right times. I did a little thing on uh, the thing that I think created Caldwell's 9-7 and kind of top situation is mm-hmm. the people he hired around him, keeping Ron Prince on for, for, forever, for example. Jim Bob Cooter, Joe Lombardi as his offensive coordinators. I think, oh, and this is, the, yeah, this is just a theory <laughs> I went through on, on Tuesday, The uh, and I, I go into it in depth if you guys want to check it out on the Clips channel. Uh, there's just this piece is, is out there so you can check it out. But I think the thing, you know, Jim Caldwell is absolutely a Super Bowl winning coach if he has the right coordinators. Because he's a great head coach, but when he has to get involved in the offense and he has to get involved in the defense, he doesn't get to spend as much time 
at doing head coach stuff and leading guys the way he does. I think he he did that. He stayed as a head coach. He just had really poor talent under him. I think what's happening to Patricia is is he's too involved on the defense forever. Remember that first year when he was on the sideline? He wasn't even watching the offense when we were down on the sideline at the Tampa Bay game. He sat with the defense the whole time. Pasqualoni was not running the show there. I don't know what Un- Corey Unlin is doing for the team this year, but I think Matt, uh, Matt Patricia is surrounded by guys. You know, Bevel is a medium to good offensive coordinator. Um, I don't, I, I don't, I just, I'm not big on Corey Unlin trying to run this defense and, and, and Patricia being involved in this defense. Anyway, I, I went on a, a long thing, and my whole thing was whoever our next coach is, I hope we have a Caldwell-type leader of men as a coach. And then I'm, I'm, I've started off, I went Wade Phillips as our defensive coordinator because he's been a coach before. He knows he's what good. to do. He's a great defensive coordinator. And he, he knows what a coach wants, right? He can perform and provide those things so the coach doesn't have to go seeking them. And he can concentrate on coaching because I think that's one of the things that hurts Matt Patricia the most is he's spread way too thin as shown by his inability to show up for me. Anyway, long, long, long wrap on that. But it felt like we were building up to a to a good team. And and here we are in this position. And I think, I mean, for me and a lot of fans, I think the writing on the wall is on the wall for Matt Patricia this year. Bob Quinn is a little bit more of a gamble. Tony, what do you think with with coaching uh, this year, what if we lose this Jags game? Do you think that writing becomes etched really, really deep for for Matt Patricia, and and this happens sooner, or do you think it's it's something where we just ride out to the end of the season, no matter what happens? To me, it's something you ride out to the end of the season. I don't see the Lions front office, the the, the ownership, making a change at this point. I think they're going to wait to see how this season goes because there are some definite winnable games, as as Riz mentioned a couple of weeks ago. There's winnable games on this schedule. Once you get past the bye week where the Lions have a chance to actually turn this one and three start around. So to me, they will ride the Rapids way till the end of the year to make that decision. And look, let me go back to something with Caldwell real fast. I thought he was a good coach. He made some mistakes. And I think in nostalgia and Jeff, I hope you agree with me on this nostalgia with what's happened the last couple of years. Jim Caldwell looks better, but let's not get it twisted. He was good. He wasn't a great head coach with the Lions. He made some in-game mistakes. There were some things that he did that left fans scratching their heads. But again, the nostalgia, there you go, (laughs) the nostalgia of the fact that he was winning and he had this team as a playoff contender, they had above 500 records in three or four years that he was here. I think that makes him look better when you compare him to what's going on right now with Matt Patricia. And and, and like I said, you had that, that trajectory from Schwartz to Caldwell and Patricia was supposed to be the next step for this team. And I think that's part of why fans are so frustrated right now because they feel like they've been, you know, switched, right. They were sold that nine and seven wasn't good enough. And here's a guy who has barely won nine games in three years. Yep. That's I saw you're not selling me that used car. That that's a Yugo, dude. That's a Yugo and a Trabant combined, man. Get get that crap out of here. Here's here's in in the course of uh Tom Brady's career. This is a crazy statistic. Tom Brady has a 45% chance of making the Super Bowl. And the Lions have a 36% chance of winning a game. Think about that. <laughs> There's 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 a gap, right? There's a gap. <laughs> huge, huge gap. I'm trying to have sober October here, man. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're hitting me in the in the chat saying Chris has quit drinking. I'm like two months into, into this whole trying to get less fat thing, and uh, they're like, "Well, this weekend we'll put it to the test." <laughs> this oh, no, man, just I, might, man. Oof. 
the, you know, just, just to go to the coaching thing for a, a, a quick second, you brought something up, Chris, and you talked about it on, on Tuesday as well. Uh, it's something that I've been working around, kicking around with the idea of who will be the next head coach. And a lot of people are, are hot over Eric Bieniemy and Brian Dable and guys who are really, really talented coordinators. And I am telling you right now, that is not the direction to go. You want, you brought it up, Chris, you need somebody who's a leader of men, somebody who is an organized team captain, somebody who understands how to delegate, somebody who understands how to lord over an offense and a defense and a special teams all at the same time. Uh, the, the example I'll use is John Harbaugh. Yep. He's a phenomenal, phenomenal head coach. Yep. He was, he was a special teams coordinator. Nothing special of one either. He just happened to understand how to lead men, how to Mike, Mike Tomlin's another good example, very limited yep. skill as a coordinator, as a defensive mind. He's a phenomenal head coach. I would, I would love to have Mike Tomlin coaching in Detroit. Yeah. Um, he didn't have the pedigree. He didn't have the resume that some of these other guys did. He got it. And that's what you're looking for when your head coach is. You don't, you're not looking for a mastermind. You're looking for a guy who understands how to get players to play to win games. Can I give you a dark horse name that might be under consideration for head coaching jobs? Not obviously with the Lions, but within the NFL. And give me a second because it's going to be a name out of left field, but it makes sense. Mike Furry. He's right now the wide receivers coach for the Chicago Bears, but he has head coaching experience in the past in college. He's considered one of the young. He's not that young. I'm a little bit older than he is, but he's considered one of the rising young assistant coaches in the NFL who might need a shot at head coach. Again, similar to what John Harbaugh was. Mike Furry might bet might be that guy. And it wouldn't surprise me to see his name pop up for one or two head coaching openings in the offseason. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Former wide receiver Furry Green. For sure, in the chat, um, that's exactly who who Tony's talking about, and Tony knows him a little bit, so he's not he's not talking he's not pulling this out of the blue sky. Um, no. <laughs> that, and, and and that's interesting because I can see him in a role. You talk about in, in the chat and what we're talking about. You know, players, coaches seem to do a lot better in this day and age, and that's that's one of the things that I'm I'm really looking for. And and I don't want to say say this the wrong way, but I'm I'm just going to say it in a, kind of an extreme way so you kind of get the point. Um, mm-hmm. I think the coordinators that we get. Are going to be almost more important than the head coach. You could hire. I think Mike Furry is an absolutely great head coach for the Detroit Lions. If you have Wade Phillips and his counterpart on the offense running the the, the two sides of the team, because then you get like that Sean McVay, that guy that knows the problems yeah. of a rich young man, right, and all the things that come with with being that age. Um, again, I, I I I say that I don't think that coordinators are more important than the head coach. I don't want to kind of put that out there like that, but I think they are absolutely crucial. And yeah. when we name the head coach, I'm not I'm, I don't want to say I'm not interested in who that is. I am super interested in who our offensive coordinator and our defensive coordinators are. And two names that I, I no matter what happens, I don't want to see go is uh, Coombs and uh, Hank Fraley. Those Hank guys, Fraley needs yeah. to stick around. He's doing Agreed. a great job. Wow. Just, I mean, and Braden Coombs has been terrific, like you said. That's a yeah. great point. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. That's it. We're good. We're, uh, we're, going, we're talking about that. Let's talk a little bit about the injury report. Hey, before I get into that, we've got to do it as the Diamond CBD injury report. <laughs> you're Ooh, you're in right. pain. You need to kill that pain. And maybe it's just the pain of not being able to sleep. Head on over to cbd.detroitlionspodcast.com. Guilty. <laughs> podcast.com and uh, hook up with all your CBD needs. Um, we got some like this one. I, I've only got two left in it. But wow. 
refill already here. <laughs> um, this Joe stuff is, needs a refill. is great. <laughs> it, the, the, those gummies that chill with the Delta 8, I mean, it will, I've never slept as good as I have. I've, I've taken melatonin and didn't and try to get a good night's sleep and it works for a couple hours and I pop awake. This stuff, I go to sleep and I sleep hard. It's like that. It's like a marathon kind of sleep, right? Where you're just boom, you wake up, shake your head, you know, takes less than 20 seconds and you're, and you're out of it. You're not, you don't have that grogginess or anything else. You're just up and moving and had that huge, huge night's sleep. That stuff is great. And then this, this cream and I've gotten a lot of, I gotta get my face out of there. Focus, there, goes. there you, oh, go. There you go. Um, This stuff is really good. Um, I use it on sore muscles. I've had a lot of folks in the Slack talking about this. You've seen it, Riz. People mm-hmm. absolutely love this this uh, CBD cream to rub on sore spots and uh, muscles and so on and take care of it. We have a guy who had uh, back pain, rubbed it on his back, and he's like, I, I've never had relief like this before. So cbd.detroitlionspodcast.com. Take care of your injuries, whether it's sleep, sore muscles, or general anxiety. It works great to help keep things calm and relaxed and, and moving forward. And it's legal in all 50 states. Don't let the reefer madness scare you. CBD.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. <laughs> that's, that's from me and Tony's generation. <laughs> Riz like a year younger. <laughs> that's okay. If you want to laugh about that, go find Riff Tracks Reefer Madness. And I'm just going to leave it out there. It's hilarious. I love Riff Tracks. So there you go. There you go. I'm writing it down. There. Riz is good. Riz is shaking his head. Yes. <laughs> I'm All familiar. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into the injury report. Riz, how you feeling? You okay? You gonna be on the you gonna be on the sidelines this week? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm actually bummed. This game was supposed to be in London, and I was going to go to London That's to cover it uh, because the Jaguars were playing the Lions this week, and then the Browns next week in London. I'm like, oh my god, this is like God telling me to go, and I'm I'm of <laughs> English descent. This is God telling me to go to my homeland, and. Uh, there you go. So I'm, I'm frustrated that I can't be in England to watch this game, but uh, we, we wouldn't want to wish this game upon the English people because uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is just two bad football teams. Yeah. So um, injury wise, let me let me find the report here because I I'm using my burner laptop and it's not cooperating the way that I want it to. Hey, Riz, didn't we send the English people the Lions getting killed by the Kansas City Chiefs a few years ago? We did, and we <laughs> we, we, we didn't send uh, – that, that was when Lombardi didn't come home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. I forgot about that. That was, that, was a, that was basically Martha going to Jim Caldwell and saying it's either you or him. Yeah. That's right. So let, me, let me find the interview. The, the big one is Frank Rag now is questionable. Okay. Um, and that that's a rough one. That one pops up uh, during the week, too. That wasn't right. right. That, it, just, it did. All right, let me pull it up here. So uh, Frank Ragnow is questionable. Uh, Desmond Trufant is out. Okay. That's 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 somewhat disappointing. Yeah. Um, he only player ruled out. Uh, they did place Hunter Bryant. We're, we're going to have to have a conversation about Hunter Bryant at some point. Today's not the right time to do it. He's now on injured reserve. I'm not sure that he actually exists, to be honest with you. I mean, we've never really seen him. Uh, so so he's done, uh, and you have uh, Frank right now, and Calvin, better known as C.J. Moore, uh, is questionable. Uh, Ragnow did get limited practice on Friday. Moore was a full practice after being limited the first two days. We'll see what happens with Ragnow. That that would be a huge one because uh, he he's been really really good guy yeah. since center. He's he's the straw that stirs the drink on the offensive line. So I'm uh, I'm cautiously optimistic that he will get back in. It's nice that he was able to practice today. 
that's a good sign after after not practicing with groin injuries. You never you, you just never know when they're going to flare up and how long he can last on it. So he'll be limited. Um, he won't be running twenty yards down the field to pick off the safety on the backside when Adrian Peterson breaks one of his several long runs that he'll get in this game. But uh, that's that's really it. I mean, with Trufant out. You put Oruwarie in. You have Okura, Okuda, and Oruwarie, and that's going to be fun for the announcing crew to say all the, all day. Um, and that's you know, Jacksonville. Jacksonville's passing offense. They throw to the running backs a lot. They don't necessarily use DJ Shark, Laviska Chanel, um, Keelan Cole. Those mm-hmm. those are quality receivers, but they're not. It's not DeAndre Hopkins out there. It's not you know Stephon Diggs. It's not it's not Devontae Adams out there that they're chasing around. So, but Tyler yeah. Tyler Eifert, the uh, the tight end, is a guy that I'm terrified of. The tight ends have don't beat be, us. Beat don't us up be. so James bad. James O'Shaughnessy has been a lot better than him. That's one of the things that I picked up this week from talking to Jaguars people. Is you know Eifert, he has a catch rate under fifty percent. He's fumbled one of the catches that he did make. O'Shaughnessy is much, much more involved in their offense than than Eifert has been. So that's something to keep an eye on. That's interesting because I, cause I, I expected Eifert to be – I hadn't heard that, and, and thanks for that. Um, I just expect us to get murdered by tight ends always, right, when you have an above average <laughs> Well, O'Shaughnessy can ball. He yeah. can play. Yeah, and they, they use they use Cheneau. God, he's fun. Um, he, he was one of my, my draft crushes from last year. They use him out of the backfield. They use him as an H-back. Uh, he, I think he has nine carries as well as, as the receptions that he's getting. And he is the guy who's going to run the drags, the shallow crosses and stuff like that. And that's, that's, that's not something Lions. that the Lions defend well. And he is exceptional after the catch. He's, he's a problem this week. That's if you're looking for matchups, we're going to pre preview the matchups here. He's, he's one to watch. And, uh, you know, fortunately the Lions are healthy in the middle of the field. That's positive. Mm, there you go. All right. Anything else to worry about, Tony? Anything on the injury, injury list that uh, shakes you up, gives you a little bit uh, of a, a The one that shakes me up, and I got to find it right now, is DJ Shark, who who Jeff just mentioned. He was kind of questionable with an ankle injury, which has really kind of slowed him the last couple of weeks. In fact, I think he missed the game for the Jaguars, not last week, but two weeks ago. If he doesn't play, that limits the effectiveness to the Jaguars passing game, and that's a problem. I mean, they need all the weapons they can get. And again, like Jeff said, this is a critical game for them, critical game for the Lions. They need their weapons out there. The funny thing is Gardner Minshew told reporters earlier this week that he didn't think the Jaguars were a 1-4 team, that they're better than their record indicates. And I kind of go with the old Bill Parcells thing, which is you are what your record what says your record you are. Says you are. <laughs> exactly. You're 1-4. Guess what? You're a 1-4 team. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Although I can't believe it with, a, uh, with a, the Bears. I just I still can't. I think it's fool's gold. Anyway, all right. Let's. Uh, hey, they're going to be five and one. They're playing Carolina. Oh, they're going to win that game. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. For God's sake. Okay, I'm going to I'm going to put that behind me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's move on to scouting the matchups. Um, I think this is this is a game. I, we've said this and said this and said this. Matthew Stafford needs to show up because this is going to be another battle of two terrible defenses. And whoever, it's going to be whoever scores the most. That's that's basically the matchups as I have them laid out. Tony, why don't you take it and run with it? Who's, who's some of the key matchups you see in this game? You know what? The one matchup that I am really looking at is the Lions' run defense, which has now had an extra week off. They had the bye week to get better, or at least to fix what's been ailing them. They're facing a pretty good running back for the Jaguars. And to me, if the Lions can't stop the run, they are in deep trouble in this game because the running game, Teams can run on first and second down. They're not forced into passing situations on third down, which means the Lions can't get any pressure on the quarterback, which means, again, 
you're sitting there wondering why the Lions don't have any pressures on quarterbacks. Well, they can't stop anybody on first and second down. So to me, stopping the running game, stopping James Robinson, that's huge this time around. Riz, where is it? where's your head at? You hit on it with the the, the passing defense. Which, which passing offense exploit the other team's bad passing defense better? And uh, like you said, Stafford's got to have a good game this week. This is a game where if Marvin Jones is going to do something this year, this is where he's going to do it. And he's not been good. Uh, he, he's got to step up. Just, just a look at the let's look at the Jaguars' pass defense for a second. Okay, worst worst yards per attempt. 8.7 yards, that's 32nd in the league. The Lions, as bad as their pass defense is, only give up 6.8. That's almost two yards more per pass attempt that Jacksonville gives up. Um, yards per game, that, that, that that's a wonky statistic because it depends on how much other teams throw. They give up the exact same completion percentage, 60.6% allowed. Actually, actually no, the, the Jaguars are worse than that. Oh, my God, they're, they're, they're much worse than that. They, they have a <laughs> 75% completion percentage. That's dead last in the league. Wow. They allow a QB rating of 111.8. The Lions allow 98.3. Sacks. Okay, they do actually get a little bit more pressure on the quarterback. They finish worse. They sack at 3%. 3% of the times they get they uh they get to the sack. The Lions sack at 3.4%. So that's as 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 bad as the Lions pass defense has been. The Jaguars are indeed that much worse. And that's, uh, I mean, they've devoted resources to it. Their last two first-round picks are yep. pass rushers. It ain't working. So, uh, I mean, as as much as I wanted Josh Allen in the uh, in the 2019 draft, and as much as I like Caleb on Chason, it ain't happening for them. Now, some of that's schematic as well. They also don't have good corners uh, and where the Lions cornerbacks are outplaying them. So, God, this is a game for Stafford to go off, for Golly to get down the field, for Marvin Jones to exploit things. For Hawkinson, who is the Lions' number one receiver right now, yep. Yep. to have another big day. Um, they actually do a pretty decent job at, at controlling tight ends with guys like Miles Jack, uh, but he can't be everywhere. So this this is a game, my goodness, the, if the offense doesn't score four touchdowns in this game, it's going to be a disappointment for me. They, they should light this defense up. Let me ask you then about, and I want to get to Marvin Jones in a minute, but I want to talk about Matthew Stafford because he's been a topic of conversation for us now for a couple of weeks. And we're on the we've kind of been on the the shaking the rust off kind of thinking about him. You think about what a preseason is, though, and you play a quarter, then you play maybe a quarter and then you play a half. So and then you don't play game four. So you basically play one full football game as a quarterback in the preseason. Stafford's had four. The rust should be gone by now. Is this now starting to look toward maybe he doesn't have what he had as a result of the injury or did he get dinged up early this year because it seems like it, if, if this is rust he's had a lot of time to shake rust off it seems like something i don't know him. if it's injured i just think that we're holding him to such a high bar because of how phenomenal he was last year uh, we're seeing more of the stafford of the the late caldwell and early patricia yep. years mm-hmm. who's a good quarterback but is not an mvp candidate and that's that's where Stafford's at. He's he's doing fine. He's okay. He's he's a perfectly good starter, but he's not he's not carrying a team around him to multiple victories. He he just doesn't have that ability. He, he barely did it last year when he was at his best. Now he's not at his best. We this is a team that's not designed to have a quarterback be that. 
and asking him to do that is asking too much from him, quite honestly, because he's not getting it done. His receivers have Marvin Jones has been terrible. This that year. is the next topic. Yes. <laughs> and and that that's the other side of it. He's not getting the help that he needs. Now, now, oddly enough, this is the best offensive line he's ever had uh, and it's not helping him do much better. Uh, you got to have the targets for him. Amendola has not played as well as he has in the past. The, the running backs out of the backfield, DeAndre Swift, two bad, bad drops. You know, they're just not getting the weapons. He loved throwing a J.D. McKissick last year. He loved, loved throwing a Theo Riddick before that. They don't have that relationship yet. Now, I think that's one of the things, that first check down for him, he doesn't trust it as much yeah. as he used to. Yep. I think that that's weighing in on him too. Yeah. And, Jeff, one more thing too. This is the best running back Matthew Stafford's had behind him and Adrian Peterson since yep. Java yep. Best. And it's surprising that he hasn't been able to take advantage of that. I put a little bit of the blame on Stafford's struggles, too, on Daryl Bevel, because I think teams have had a chance now in the offseason to figure out his offense, to see what he does, to see what he likes. And I think they're starting to take away some of the things that Bevel likes to do. The key is they've got to adjust. Bevel's got to throw some things out there. He's got to pull some things out of his hat, got to design some plays differently to take advantage of what the teams aren't expecting, if that makes any kind of sense. Absolutely. It sure does. It absolutely does. All right, let's talk about Marvin Jones. He had a couple of weeks without Kenny Galladay on the field. He should have been he should have he should have snagged a number of balls and it was Marvin Jones ghost town. What's going on? Is he really playing that bad this year or is there is he just been covered because he's the number 1 wide receiver out there and we've been playing great corners? Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll let Tony talk on that, on that, but I, I, I just think this is a guy who's had two season ending knee surgeries in a row and is getting up there and it's, it's just not there anymore. You're asking too much of him to have him where he's at on the depth chart. Yeah. I don't think he's the number one receiver anymore. Once Kenny Galladay is out and hopefully Kenny Galladay is healthy coming out of the bye week. Right. I think he right. becomes your number one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he becomes your number one wide receiver and Marvin Jones slides back to number two. I've always thought, and, and Jeff, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I always thought Marvin Jones was a better number two. I don't oh, think he's not a number one receiver. Yeah. Um, so to me, that's his role. I think once Kenny Galladay ascends to that role, you'll see a little bit better out of Marvin Jones. But right now, guys, I think maybe time is starting to tick on Marvin Jones. And I don't think it's a positive that the time is starting to tick on him. It wouldn't surprise me if this was his last year in the NFL. He's been sneaking too many of them cakes. That's what's going on. <laughs> oh, nothing but, but cakes, man. But Give me some good. of that lemon stuff, man. That's the best cake. Exactly. They're good cakes, Chris. If you're going to sneak, oh. sneak from the best. Oh, for sure. I, It's red velvet when it's my wife's ce- a celebration for my wife, and it's the chocolate chocolate chip when it's my son's celebration. <laughs> Dude, they they killed us when they had those at, at, yeah. at the training camp a couple summers ago, and they brought them up into the, uh, the media tower there. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. oh. I've never seen Justin Rogers move faster than he did to get that cake. All right, let's talk about the lemon cake. is really, really oh, good. Man. Yep. Oh, really right. good. So we'll see. We'll see how, uh, how uh, Marvin does um, this week. Uh, Kenny being there should help open him up a little bit, but you're right. It, it feels like he's he's running out a little bit. I know if on the inside he's done a lot of remodeling of that house and customization to his place. I've seen some pretty pretty killer pics of what he's what he's put in there. Um, it, it it would make sense that he's making Detroit home and Definitely. he's not going anywhere. So if 
this would be his last year that would that would fit right in with all the all the work and everything that's going on there so but i mean he you know and i can't i can't knock him right it's just like matthew safford eventually his career is going to be over and i can't knock the guy he's given everything all you have to do is look at the you know his rookie season when he came out injured and through that it's the most it'll build your heart you know it'll grow three and a half sizes right but you see that and and, and you will just love that man he was that's the kind of thing that's what he's given not just to the city but to the team anybody else find it funny that when stack prescott went down last sunday that immediately the first couple of things you heard was hey dallas is looking for a quarterback could they be going after matthew stafford who's a dallas guy I always thought that was funny. I don't see Matthew Stafford going anywhere, but I just thought the speculation on that was kind of funny. It, it was it was interesting because they would have to cut three players to get to to get them under the salary cap um, right. of some prominence, uh, unless they want to give us Amari Cooper back. Which okay, I'll, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, and not not that I would advocate getting rid of Stafford, but if you're going to get rid of him, getting a number one wide receiver back would be kind of nice. Get a wide receiver yeah. that no one can throw to. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Chase. No, I, that, that that was. God, watching that Dak thing, um, that's horrible. That was horrifying, and you you, yeah. you never want to see an injury like that. And Stafford actually reached out to him through Kellen Moore, um, and and talked about it. And that, that was that was kind of cool to see, um, just the, the 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 response that he got. And it shows Dak gets a lot of the treatment in Dallas that Stafford does. He gets a lot of yes. blame for losses that are not his fault. Um, oh my God, he threw the the game losing interception at the end of that game. Well. Why were they there? Because they gave up 49 points. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> he's not playing defense. Level. He, he gets a lot of that kind of stuff. And to see how much the NFL brethren embraced him and loved him and showed him respect, I, I'd like to think that would happen with Stafford, too. And, and it, it makes the fans sort of realize, oh, my God, we don't know what we've got, so we've gone. You know, right. the, the old Cinderella song. That's, uh, that, that was going through my head a lot, you know, for, for Dallas this week. Yeah, to me, it's like I'll go a step further. I wouldn't get rid of Stafford, period, even for an Amari oh, Cooper. Who's no, I wouldn't either. No. I think Matthew Stafford's in the perfect position. I think he's the right quarterback for the Lions. He just needs a little bit of help to improve the record, to improve what he's done this season. But to me, I wouldn't get rid of Matthew Stafford. I like Matthew Stafford a lot. I think yeah. he's the right we, guy. We have, been through, we have been through this where, as Lions fans, we know what it's like to not have a quarterback. We went through yes. that for, for a long, long time. I've gone through it with the other teams that I've covered as well. It, there is no oxygen other than finding your quarterback. Nothing else matters. Right. You have Correct. to find your quarterback. Yeah. If you've got one, you, you don't give it away. You have to no. think back. I mean, and, and then like, oh, yeah, we'll draft one. Well, Trevor Lawrence, you're not getting him. You're not going to beat the Jets nope. in, the Trevor, no. in the Trevor lottery. No. Think back. And, and this is where I think a lot of fans today, because we've talked about the Lions fan arc and the ones that haven't fallen off the far side of Lions fandom yet. They weren't around for Andre Ware, the, the the sure thing draft pick. They weren't around for Joey Harrington. They've heard stories, right? But the, the he was tinkling the piano keys instead of throwing the football, right? He Chuck he, Long. I'll go back to yeah, Chuck, Chuck Long. Long. Yeah, Nobody I, I thought he was going to be things. brilliant. I saw him when he was in college. I, I went to the Ohio State Iowa game where Keith Byers ran out of his shoe. Um, he's still one of the greatest moments I've ever seen in person. Yeah. But I'm like, God, Chuck Long. That that guy's going to be a Hall of Famer. That that's. He's better than Dan Marino. And it 
didn't didn't work out that way. That's not a that's not high praise for you though, Riz. Just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, Tony, Jeff, you know, and you you know, Jeff's a tall guy, right? He's he's he, yes, he, he can be imposing. So he stood over a guy that was like five foot eight, five foot seven, screaming that Joe Dan Marino was a piece of crap, and this guy was a total Marino fan, right? A Miami guy, he liked Marino, and Jeff was just like barreling down, just and the guy <laughs> the guy's fine, like okay, Jeff, whatever, okay. I mean, he just bullied this poor guy, and and I mean, it's. I'm not giving any context. I will forever stand by my hot take that Kurt Warner is better than Dan Marino. (laughs) I'm never going to provide context for that story. I'm just going to make Jeff look like a bully. (laughs) There you go. I had just eaten a lot of sugar because I I was eating, as you know, Chris, I was eating the barbecued bacon cheeseburger with the king cake donuts as buns, which was just heavenly. You got to come to Senior Bowl this year, Tony. I'm telling you. I am telling you. Wait, wait, wait. Wait, wait, wait. The buns were donuts. Yeah. Yeah, king king and there donuts. was bacon, on, and there were bacon, and there's bacon on this burger. Yeah, keto friendly. What is wrong with you? <laughs> my wife would like to know that answer too. <laughs> oh my god, I'd look at that thing and gain twenty pounds. I'd look like the picture I showed you earlier. <laughs> I have one, one every year, <laughs> and it's enough. <laughs> Senior Bowl is worth the trip. I'm telling you, Tony. Not, not fair enough. I won't say just for the donut burger alone. Cause I don't eat it. Like Riz does, because oh. Riz has a whole different metabolism in his world. But, <laughs> but, but it's Doug Farrar was looking at me like, "What the hell are you doing? <laughs> Didn't you have heart surgery?" <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's <Why>? good. <laughs> they can fix it again. Overcome wow, you're soon. turning into the six million dollar man down there. <laughs> that's right. Know? That's right. Yeah. No, it's at Loda Beer Garden. If you're ever in Mobile, that's the place to go. Yeah. Okay. It is. <laughs> good time. Uh, and they've got like. How many? A hundred beers on tap, or it's it's crazy. Oh. It's crazy. Great place. Great place. Yep. Love a beer garden. All right. Um. Really quick, before we get into keys of the game, I want to talk about St. Jude. We got a twenty-four hour podcast a thon coming up on November sixth, and uh, we're that's going to kick off a charity auction that'll go through the eighteenth of December. We've got a great uh, load of folks coming, including Tony. He's going to join us with. I'll be with there. Getting the band back together, Dan, Jim Bandstatter <laughs> and Dan Miller, all three together, going to tell some some dirty stories from on the road and uh, un, unheard stuff from the future. Might even get to look at some pictures. <laughs> of, I don't make me regret this. Please don't. <laughs> no, no, no. Never would do that, Tony. You know that. <laughs> So St. Jude is coming up November 6th. I'm going to give you guys, this is, look, this is, this is crazy. Okay. We've, I've set this up early and I'm just going to give out the, the, um, the, the web address. We've got it set up with St. Jude where you can donate directly. That way you get your tax deduction, your receipts, all that kind of stuff. We don't have to handle all the, the money in the middle. I don't have to pay my accountant a whole bunch of extra money to handle the money in the middle and get it passed off the whole thing. You have an accountant? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a tough life, man. Just wait. Your wife's new job. You're going to need one, too. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, yeah, uh, we got this set up and I'm going to give you guys this place because you can donate now. And for some folks, I know you like to budget. You like to put stuff aside. If you want to donate multiple times, you can. Of course, we're doing on the six. We're going to be raising money as big as we can. But if you had to give dot detroit lions podcast.com it'll take you to the saint jude site it's on tiltify it's got a, it's got a really long url thing they don't make it easy so i did it this way give 
www.detroitlionspodcast.com. Head on over there and you can start donating. We'll have your name will go by in a little scroller like you see here with the donations as that goes on during the podcast a thon. So if you if you go early, you'll be able to see your names. Um, and then also um, we'll have the the thermometer bar growing as the donations come. So it'll all happen live as we go. So got that all set up. You can go there. Give.detroitlionspodcast.com. In the meantime, if you have something that you would like to donate or purchase or send in for the charity auction, feel free to do that. You can contact me, uh, Chris, at DetroitLionsPodcast.com or via our contact at the website there. All right. With that, St. Jude is coming up. Uh, save up your money. You guys get everything out there for St. Jude. All right. Let's talk about keys to the game. I'm going to go to you, Tony, because you got the nicest car out of the three of us. What are the keys to this ride this week? <laughs> <laughs> To me, I think the Lions have to do a good job on Gardner Minshew. He's the type of quarterback who can make plays inside, outside the pocket, and he can get the rest of that offense involved. And the Lions have struggled against pretty good quarterbacks in the Matt Patricia era. Gardner Minshew's decent. He's good. He's not great. He's just a good quarterback. And I think the Lions sometimes have a tendency to make good quarterbacks look a lot better than they really are. So to me, keeping Gardner Minshew under control keeps that Jaguar offense under control, and the Lions have a chance. Also, one more quick key. They got to get used to the fans. For the first time this season, the Lions are going to play a game where there's actually fans in the stands. Oh, that might give the Jaguars a little bit of a home field advantage that the Lions haven't faced on the road. So, to me, those are the two keys handling the fan situation and keeping Gardner Minshew under control. Two things to reaction. Number one, every time you, we hear about bad or, or mediocre quarterbacks looking better than they are, I think Matt Flynn every time. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> yeah, that one, that one always stings. Fans in the stands. Uh, being a resident of, of Florida, which is weird to say because I never thought that would be <laughs> reality. <laughs> I'm not Florida man yet, but uh, being a resident here, everybody is a transplant. So there may be more Lions fans. This this could be a a really weird place to have fans. It could when we were at the the Tampa game. Our Let's Go Lions chants were loud enough to be heard on the network broadcast, almost <laughs> as as loud as the Jets chants were in Game One against the Lions last year at Ford Field. Um, this could be a weird thing with the fans in Jacksonville with, with the mix. I don't know that either team is going to be super comfortable with what they're hearing from the stands. Riz, what do you have for keys this week? You know, I, I can see the Duval fans turning quickly because they, they want change. Um, that's, that, that's something to pay attention to. Uh, we got to stop James Robinson. They're, they're running back. He's a good one. He's a rookie. Doesn't get a lot of publicity. He's good. The Lions run defense has been dreadful. They've had the bye week. Come out and show. Don't tell me that you want to be more consistent. Do it. Show me. Show me. Don't tell me. Um, don't don't tell me that you're going to fix the pass rush by making your run defense better. If you don't make your run defense better, um, I, I'm still just baffled that he gave that answer again. <laughs> you know, throw us a bone, Patricia. Come on, dude. Really, really. Come on, man. And. and Offensively, I want to see – I'm actually interested to see how they use the running backs in this one because they should have some success. What's the pecking order coming out of the bye? Is is AD still the man? Are they going to get Swift more carries? Is he going to fill that that old McKissick-Riddick role? Where's on fit in? How much are we going to see of Jason Cabinda as a fullback? Are they really going to be committed to running the ball? Jacksonville's run defense is better than their pass defense. This yep. is this is a week where you might not want to run the ball all that much. Um, and like you talked about, Daryl Bubble having having some some perceived weaknesses. I agree with that. 
This is a chance for him to come out and get a little bit creative and do some do some crazy things against a very bad defense. I want to see something that says that we tried to do something new instead of right. just trying to keep losing games the same old way. Let's try to win in a new and inventive way. Let's do that. Let's have a convincing win, something we haven't had in a number of years. Let's let's get a 21 to 6 lead and hold it. That'd be great. Oh, by the way, also one of the one other matchup to watch. The Jaguars are terrible at place kicking. They are on their third kicker this year. None of them have been any good. They are dead last in the league in both touchback percentage on kickoffs, which means Agnew's going to get a chance, and field goal percentage. So uh, if it comes to a field goal competition, I'm riding with Matt Prater. Yeah, (laughs) I agree. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I don't think he's winning us the Bud Light this year, though. Just, just so you know. No. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm going to talk about Matthew Stafford is the key to the game. He has got to show up. He, we need him to throw the ball. I know how bad our defense is. Um, the Jags, I think, are going to score. <laughs> I think it's going to be a, 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 a game where both teams are trying to outscore each other just based on the two defenses. Matthew Stafford cannot fall behind. We can't allow a team like we did with the, the Saints to score five touchdowns in a row and not respond with points on the board. Uh, we we have to have an offense, and it has to show up. So that's that's my my big key. I'm looking for uh, Deion uh, Swift to to um, to step up. We need to, we need to now see why we drifted drafted this rookie. He needs to catch a couple balls. He needs to get into space, and he needs to get get some yards. Adrian Peterson is great. I love what he's doing, but we need to see Swift play his role this week. And if he does, and if Matthew Stafford plays his role. I, I see the Lions taking this run away with this, but those are absolute keys, I think, for the, the Lions to pull this one out. Um, Riz, the next piece we got is is Vegas, and um, I didn't get the numbers. While you look for that, I do want to go back. There was one thing when I talked about uh, Tony and uh, Dan and Jim Brands that are being on the St. Jude broadcast. Um, we talked about some of the things we hear. I've got an inside scoop here. i gotta, I got to pull this in here. Green Bay, Little Old Ladies, Bratwurst Cart, outside of the radio studio. <laughs> <laughs> that story will unfold before your very eyes. <laughs> wow. Every now and then I'll All grab right, an then. audio bite there, Tony. So um nice. Riznos. Right. <laughs> Jim will tell you the <laughs> Jim will tell you the story. It's it's not a great secret, but you'll be amazed at what he did with You'll be amazed. I'll leave it at that. Some, some right. famous quotes. Last one. This is from Dean Blandino. This is one that I think everybody wants to hear. There was no hookers and no blow on that okay. bus. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Riz. Tell, oh, us, tell right. us what Vegas thinks about this game. Uh, the Not Lions are currently three-point favorites. They were 3.5-point favorites. So the money has swung in on Jacksonville. I'm, I'm using Odd Shark, by the way. Um, because they, they tend to aggregate things very nicely. There are several books that still have it at 3.5. Uh, the over-under is 54.5. 60% of the betters have bet the over. Uh, you can get up to 55.5 as well at a couple of books. So if you're interested in that, shop around. Uh, right now, 58% of the money is on, or 58% of the betting slips are on Detroit to cover the three-point the three spread. That's interesting. Hmm. Interesting. All right, let's get to our predictions. Tony, final outcome, what do you think here? I think the Lions win this one. I think you and Jeff are right. This is going to be a shootout in Jacksonville. Put me down for the Lions, 35-28 over the Jaguars. All right, Riz, where are you at? Uh, I have the Lions winning 36-30, to so we're, we're very close on that. I, yep. I think this is a game where they there's going to be a lot of scoring in this game, and I, I think that they will score first and score last, and that will be the win. 
Interesting. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go against everything I said and uh, say that this is going to be a lower scoring game than we think. I think 21 points is going to take it because I think this is going to be a bumbling mess. I think this is going to be a tough game to watch. I really do. The two teams that are meeting here are going to play to each other's level. And you see this. I, you see this in the NFL every now and yeah, then. Yeah, you do. And I'm taking yeah, this contrarian approach here for this one because I can. I, I know the Lions. I've seen them do this before. I just feel like this is a game that's going to be like a a, a twenty-one seventeen kind of game, not a not a super high scoring deal, but a lot of a lot of just sloppy, ugly football that you, no one's going to walk away feeling good, even though they won the game. All right, there you go. I will feel good if the Lions win. I guarantee yep. you that. Yep. I I, I I will challenge you on that next time we talk because if it, it, there's ways there's many ways the Lions can win and you feel horrible about it and they've I, they've pretty much covered the gamut on those. A win is always better than a loss. <laughs> yeah, Doesn't matter true. the situation. Sure. And guys, think about this: in two weeks, the Lions could be back at the 500 mark. Playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm not I can't, going that far. I can't do it. I can't do it with a straight face. Sorry. And actually, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm toast. There's, <laughs> there's Riz. He's been hitting the beers early this year. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, really quick, last piece. Don't forget about Fanatics. You're getting your Lions gear, especially with this playoffs run that uh, Riz is pred- predicting here. Go to fanatics.detroitlionspodcast.com. Fanatics.detroitlionspodcast.com. Not just Lions gear, Pistons. And we may have some Pistons people on the St. Jude podcast, just so you know. Uh, we got the, you got your Pistons gear, hockey gear, anything you want, college, it's all there. It's the real licensed stuff, top quality. Go to fanatics.detroitlionspodcast.com. And when you do any of the other shopping, because who wants to go out in the real world oh, with all that sick going on? You don't want that. Just go to amazon.detroitlionspodcast.com. Keep the money away from Bezos, even though they're so kind as to make us their Lions people for their <laughs> for their their football on the Echo Show, um, oh, biting the hand of Pete. Yes, my goodness, yeah. I was about to say, don't antagonize a billionaire. Just me. Yeah. No, that's one of the yeah. rules you live by. No, you know? antagonize him. Take away his profit. Go to amazon.detroitlionspodcast.com <laughs> and put it in our pod because then he realizes how great of an investment he made to come to the Detroit Lions podcast to provide Lions information to the nice Echo save, Show Chris. people. Thank you. Thank you. I've, I've spent my life saving. <laughs> That's Chris Osgood-esque right there. There you go. <laughs> I, I want to go with Hashik, but it's, I'm a little older. Okay. <laughs> he, he, he was the acrobat. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I'm not going to be doing any of those moves. All right. <laughs> Tony, Jeff, thank you guys so much. Remember, everyone, this show needs your involvement. Use the comments and subreddit. Give us your feedback. Don't forget about us on the Patreon. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast, patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast, as little as a dollar a month. Gets you the Slack access, which is the best, most intelligent chat on the internet. And uh, of course, we'll we'll accept more than that. So give, give, give. Uh, check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash the Detroit Lions podcast, and on the Twitter machine, which is humming along pretty nice at DET Lions podcast, DET Lions podcast, the very best place to see Tony in what, Riz? <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> Tight pants. <laughs> no. <laughs> Holy buckles. No, I'm I'm not Walker Bueller. Thank you very much. No. <laughs> oh, that's great. Wow. Oh man. All right. Give us a call on Skype. Detroit Lions Podcast. All one word. <laughs> Detroit Lions Podcast. And subscribe. Go to Detroit Lions Podcast and subscribe to the podcast so we can show up in yours automatically because that's the place you'd want us just dancing in your ears thank you for tuning in remember we're not here for a long time we're here for a good time so be good to each other 
as was said by some very nice people. No pants, no toasters, no hot tubs, no problems, because we're your Detroit Lions and Reddit Connection. Final seconds winding down, and look at that. How big is that? Chris and Case out of time. Pack the bag, start the plane. This show is over.